welcome to Hairstylist Rising podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am welcoming back the incredible Nina Tulio for her second appearance on the show. Welcome back, Nina. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm ready to dive in, and I'm really excited about our topic today. Yes, me too. This topic actually came from a question from one of my listeners. And as soon as I saw the question, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to ask Nina if she will hop on this podcast because this is totally your zone of genius. What we're talking about today is leadership and culture in commission salons. I think that leadership is important no matter what kind of business you run. If you're outsourcing anything whatsoever, hiring an assistant, any of those things. But for the purpose of today's episode, we are going to talk to the owners of commission salons because Nina, you not only work with tons of commission salon owners, but you actually started, you actually owned a commission salon, right? Would you mind telling my listeners a little bit about your journey through uh, commission salon ownership? Sure. Absolutely. So yes, I was a commission salon owner when I lived in Pennsylvania. So I'm from Pennsylvania. And so booth rent is not legal in Pennsylvania. So commission was the only option. And I owned my commission salon for 11 years. I was a hairstylist for 20 years. And I'll tell you what, you know, I learned so much being a commission salon owner. I would not change one thing. And let me tell you, I made a ton of mistakes in the first five years of my business, a ton. Um, and a lot of financial mistakes too, that led me really to the point of almost closing my doors twice. And so I, with those mistakes, I was able to, however, turn my business around uh, and grow, grow my business from year six to 11 when I decided to sell it. And I think that there is a lot, there is so much emphasis that goes into being a strong leader. That's the foundation of being a, a successful salon owner, commission salon owner, creating a culture that people want to be a part of and really leading by example. So I think that you know, when it comes to branding and when it came to my culture and, you know, I did make a lot of mistakes in in those areas, but I was able to, the the reason why I was able to turn my business around and, and grow it year over year from six to 11 was because I actually took a step back and really self-assessed. Like I really took a good hard look at self because listen, I was the reason why my business was failing. And I say this all the time, you know, the salon owner, the salon leader, the success or the failure or challenges in the business fall on the shoulders of the leader. So I had to take a step back and take accountability for my own choices and actions and really make some big changes in the way that I was running my business, the way that I was uh, leading and the way that I really was cultivating a team and that's when my business really, really started to change. So it was all self and, and, and systems, you know, I, I did implement some things, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of that in a nutshell. I love that you say taking a look inside yourself because I hear a lot from commission 
owners in the current climate that we're in, that they're losing stylists because of the growing movement towards going independent, which I'm mm-hmm. super supportive of, but I feel like a lot of commission owners feel a little bit powerless. And I mean, I think you and I can both agree that going independent is not for everyone. And there are still so many stylists that want to be a part of a team. They want to have a a paycheck. They want to have that security of being in a commission environment. And so there are still a lot of stylists that are wanting that. So that what what would you say to salon owners that are feeling that helplessness, like that feeling like they're losing, either they're losing staff or they're unable to attract staff? Is there a common mistake that you see salon owners making when they're trying to build the team and attract stylists to work with them? Yes, this is this is so good. And listen, I understand this is what everyone has been going through in our industry is like unimaginable, right? So, mm-hmm. but what happens in business is that you've always got to be ready to pivot. So, For years and years and years, I've been in this business for 25 years. And since day one, I have been hearing salon owners saying, I can't find stylists. I can't find stylists. We're still talking about it today, right? It's always a thing. And now there are still cosmetology students that are graduating from school and looking for salon homes. And yes, there are stylists that want to be in a commission environment because they want to learn. They want that mentorship. They want to feel like they have a sense of security in their, you know, in their job and in their career. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's happening is when, when things like this happen, when we're going through 20, like 2020 COVID hit, right? Such a huge impact to our business, what we have to be able to do. And what a lot of salon owners did, and I'm so proud of is they took a step back and say, you know what? I have been going too long without having systems. I've been going too long without having a culture that is conducive to the type of brand that I am trying to create. I've been going too long without holding people accountable, including myself. And so the biggest piece of advice that I can give is you always have to be prepared to pivot. If you're running your business like you did 10 to 15 years ago, eight times out of 10, you're going to have more of a difficult time attracting and keeping stylists, right? Because things are so different than, than, than what they were 10 to 15 years ago. What stylists are looking for now is completely different than what they were looking for 10 to 15 years ago. So with that being said, what stylists are looking for now is they're looking for growth. They're looking for a growth strategy. They want to know how they're going to grow in the company. They're also looking for security. They're looking for a sense of safety in, in their job and in, in the environment that they work in. And they're looking, they're looking to see that they have strong leaders that, and mentors that are going to guide them and that are going to show them the way. And so with those three things, If we look at that, and if you are a salon owner listening, you know, maybe it's saying, okay, how, what does my hiring process look like? And I talk about, and I coach to, and teach a lot of this, the hiring process and the onboarding process is so incredibly important in a commission salon, but a lot of salon owners skip the onboarding process. So you can't really get upset with a stylist that's coming on that wasn't trained properly and get upset with them when they're not doing things the way that you want them to be done. So the training and onboarding process is a long process. And 
it is, you know, I really talk about taking your time hiring. You know, there's typically a four step interview process that I coach and teach to, and it's all starting with phone call interviews and then going through, you know, some Obviously they come in for, you know, in-person interviews and then going through models and then having your team interview them, having them come in and do shadow days where they spend time in which they're compensated for, but they spend time with the team and with you and with the clients and you can get a real good picture on who they're going to be and if they're a big fit with your, if they're a good fit with your brand. So I think that, and then the training process is a whole other thing, right? You should really have a training process with job descriptions and handbooks and everything laid out that the owner, unless you have a manager, you know, that's handling that, but you as the owner are really sitting with that stylist, whether they're new or seasoned, going through your processes, going through your protocol, going through what the expectations are and training them because we can't just hire people and throw them into the, the salon scene and hope, you know, for the best. So I think with that, it's taking a step back and reassessing the things that are not working in your business, starting to create uh, ways that stylists can continue to grow in your business. Creating a growth strategy is huge. And I really love having a growth strategy that shows their benchmarks every week and every month and a system that says, if you hit you know, this in sales, this in RTS percentage, this in pre-booking, and you know, the list goes on. If you hit all of that for three months consistently, you're going to move up and get a price increase and a raise. That's a strategy that your stylist can buy into. So now when you're looking to attract, what do you have to offer? You know, what is it aside from compensation, you know, just paying them, you know, 45, 50% commission or, you know, in between, what does that look like? What does your entire compensation package look like with education? And, you know, there are a lot of other things that I go into. So I hope that helps. I mean, I think there's, there's so many different routes and ways that I could go with it, but I just go with my initial, what, when you ask me a question with what I feel, and I think salon owners have to be prepared to pivot and really look deeper into their systems and into the way that they are growing their business and be okay with change. They got to be okay with change. I love that, Nina. I really got like three main themes from from what you were saying. And I think the first is that of reciprocity. After you go through like your hiring process, being able to like pour into that stylist. The one thing that I think is one of the bigger problems is there becomes like a lot of the time, a feeling of resentment between mm -hmm. commission stylists and salon owners. By having that reciprocity, I feel like that would nip that issue completely in the bud. And then also the growth. So that was the second thing that I that I heard you say a lot was allowing them to have some type of career path because I think that's just so necessary for human beings in general. Having something to look forward to, having something to work towards. If there's ever a point where someone hits a level in your company that they can't grow anymore, they're going to start looking for the next opportunity. And then the third overreaching theme was that clarity, just being really clear about what is expected and what they can expect in return. Absolutely. And I just want to add one more thing that I think is the ultimate, like this is the ultimate of importance. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to invest in your team. And that means 
always in all ways. So it means personally, it means professionally, it means learning more about them on a personal side. It doesn't mean that you commingle and you know you guys are going out partying on the weekend. I'm, I'm just saying that you learn more about their upbringing. You learn more about who they are and what make, makes them tick. You also discuss goals that cross promote between personal and professional. And the investment, that's the best investment that you can ever make is in your team. It's better than marketing and advertising because they will market and advertise for you if they trust you, if they believe in your brand, if they believe in who you are and you follow through with everything that you say that you're going to do. So one-on-one coaching sessions every single month for one hour with each team member is key. Team meetings every single month is key. It's really taking a personal investment in their growth behind the chair, but also helping them reach their goals you know, financially outside of the salon, you know, homes and vacations and college funds and all of the things that make them happy at home as well. I believe that they run parallel. Your home life and your business life run parallel. So invest in your team any way that you can, because that's going to help you actually build and grow your business. Oh, that's such great advice. And how would you recommend? Because I know that something that some of my audience has struggled with is losing staff. So mm-hmm. what's the what does it look like? Because I my personal belief is that this doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like people move on. Sometimes they are just, you know, looking for different opportunities. But I'm sure that you have advice for people when it comes to keeping team members. So if you're listening to this and you're like you're having an issue with your staff leaving. Where do you think you can look for those holes to plug? What do you think is like the first thing people can do if they have a team member where they feel like they're about to leave or they're not happy? What do you do in that situation? Great question. And there's a couple things. So I think, again, it's for a salon owner to always take a step back and look at self and systems. And, you know, I think that, look, the, the reality, in this business is that you're always going to lose stylists. That's the reality of it. And I do get, cause I do coach a lot of salon owners and they say, well, I am just tired of investing in my team and they leave. And to the latter is if you don't invest in your team, they're going to leave and they're going to be unhappy and leave. You know, I always feel like coming from a space of love is the best, you know, coaching in, in a, in a very compassionate kind way, of course, having systems and, and holding people accountable is key, but you know, I would always say to my team, listen, if you want to open up a salon, I will support you. I will help you. Just don't hurt me in the process because then I'm going to flip. You know what I mean? I think if you have that open conversation and you understand that, listen, your stylist, they're not going to be with you forever. But if you love them and you coach them and you teach them and you empower them and you inspire them, they're going to leave and they're going to, in, in a lot of cases, and I hope in most cases, even if things end badly, which really stinks, and I've been in that position too, where that stylist can look back and say, wow, I really learned a lot from her or him at the time. And I really appreciated their leadership. They may not understand everything at the moment, but if they open up their own salon and they go on their own, they're going to learn very quickly. Being a salon owner is not an easy job. And so I always feel like you have to lead with love. You have to go into training your team members and letting them know that, you know, and you understanding that they're going to leave sometimes and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're going to coach and, and train and teach them any differently. So when someone wants to leave, and I used to do this with myself, if someone wanted to leave, I would always say, what could I have done different? 
How could I have communicated things differently? What systems can I put in place so this doesn't happen again? And how do I need to up the game when it comes to my leadership? Right now, sometimes you're just going to get people who want to leave because they want to do their own thing and they want to open up a suite and they want to go off on their own and it ends and it's fine. But when things end in not in such a positive way, I always would put that on me and say, what can I do better? You know, how can I communicate differently? What systems did I not implement that I could have to save this whole situation? And so I think a lot of it is really taking accountability and saying, look, there's, and if you have a, a reoccurrence of stylists that are leaving and you have like an, you know, the door keeps swinging, people keep leaving. That's a real, that's like a, taking a real good hard look at yourself and saying, something's not right here. What are the stylists not getting that they want to get that I'm not giving them, you know? And if we switch it on the other side and look at it from a stylist perspective, kind of like you mentioned, Jody. Stylists are looking for security. They're looking for growth. They're looking for how they're going to grow within your company. They're looking for that inspiration. They're looking for education. They're looking for strong leadership. And you can't please everyone. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying like lay down and let people walk all over you. You have to have systems and follow through and be strong in your leadership. But you also have to ask the questions to your team. How are things going? How can I serve you? What can we do together to help you grow? And that has to be reciprocated. I shared on Instagram the perfect marriage between a stylist and an owner. And it's basically both parties showing up and doing exactly what they said they were going to. And everyone has a different role and responsibility. That is such killer advice because I think that's kind of the thing, right? Is it's having that relationship where everyone knows what to expect and what is expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And guys, it's hard. Like, please, I understand. <laughs> like, I have had months and days where I would think, my goodness, like, how am I going to get through this? You know, it, it, it is just an exhaust. It is an exhausting business because there's so much output. You're giving so much of yourself to your clients and your team, but it's also so rewarding. And that's why the brand and the culture and the systems and processes have to be in place because people love structure. Believe it or not, people love structure. So we have to create that kind of safety for them so they feel that they have an environment that they can thrive in. Absolutely. And I love too what you said earlier about how, you know, there's constantly new stylists entering the industry. So if you're nurturing those stylists and, you know, then they end up moving on, there's going to be a next stylist that comes along and wants to be a part of your culture. And if you focus on creating that and really like pouring into your team and your salon and creating something that people want to be a part of, it's not going to sting when, you know, certain people decide to move on because you know that you have like this beautiful, healthy business that people just really, really want to be a part of. You know, the other thing that I would love to have you elaborate on a little bit that we touched on briefly earlier is, you know, when people have been in business for a really long time. So I think that being a new salon owner, when people open a new business, obviously you have your vision and you have all these things, but you understand that you're new, right? So you're a, a little bit a little bit more open, I guess, to searching out education and all of the things, right? So when people have been in business for a really long time, I think sometimes they put so much pressure on themselves to have it all figured out. But 
the industry is changing so much all the time so fast like our the beauty industry constantly is evolving so like would you give like business owners who've owned their salons for 20 25 years that permission to almost be new in the way that the industry is now. So seek out that education, find that support. What what would you say to people who are just kind of stuck in their ways because they've been in the industry forever and those ways are no longer working? How can they start to shift and adjust? The biggest piece of advice I can I can give to salon owners that, you know, have been in the game for a while is to be open to change. You have to be open to change. And also, I love a very inclusive culture, meaning when you're having team meetings, like I always would send my team home with homework to come into the meeting so we can chat and they can be a part of the conversation. So let your stylist give you ideas. They're on the, you know, they're on the ground, they're running. Let them share with you some things that they may have learned along the way or ideas that they have on, you know, building the business and and getting new clients in the door, or maybe, you know, tweaking the customer service a little bit. I think there's so much to be taken from the stylist because they see things through a different lens. As an owner, you're always looking big picture and you're looking down the line, right? You know, I was always taught by my mentors to look two to three years ahead. And so a lot of times we miss the little things that are important. So be open to change. Let your stylist give you ideas and and share their thoughts and, and be inclusive in that sense because it makes them feel a part of something that is bigger than them. And if you, and change, listen, change is hard. I get it. Change is definitely harder for some than it is for others, but we can't live in a space in and, and work in a space where a business is constantly changing and evolving. You know, the beauty industry is constantly changing and evolving and we're staying still because that's when you get left behind, you know? And so you know, the business can fall short a little bit, the way that you're maybe leading the team can fall short a little bit. So I love this, you know, business education has blown up obviously in the past couple of years and in immerse yourself in business education that is salon driven, but that's also not salon driven. You know, I'm a big, I love Tony Robbins. I've been to his seminar. I love Marcus Limonis. You know, he has a show called The Profit and I love watching Shark Tank and I love reading about business and diving into, you know, just different areas of business instead of staying in, in just in the salon world. And listen, there's amazing business education in the salon world too, but fill yourself and be open to the new ideas that are coming. Be open and be excited about it. And maybe you only do one thing at a time. Give yourself some grace. You know, you don't have to change everything in your business, but like online booking, for example, when I had my salon, you know, online booking was just coming, you know, to be a thing. And I waited probably about like a good year or two, you know, the stylists are like, we need online booking. And they're talking about online booking. And I was resistant to it because I was nervous of the change. I was fearful of the lack of control that I would have with clients booking their appointments. And then I just started to see you know, just by doing research, how many clients are making appointments in the middle of the night. And I saw that as a missed opportunity for my clients to book their appointments while they were like up in the middle of the night and shopping on Amazon. Well, they can book appointments. And so that was what really pushed me. And it pushed me to do it because I had to stay current with the times. You know, I had to make sure that I was on my game because if I wasn't providing that sense of convenience for my clients, 
they may go somewhere else. So I did it finally. And I said to myself, why didn't I do this sooner? You know, it really helped it upped it for sure increased the way, you know, pre-booking, not pre-booking, I'm sorry. It it increased our frequency of visit. Sorry, I'm stumbling around here. It increased the frequency of visit because clients no longer had to wait until we were open to book their appointments. So be open to change, challenge yourself, but also give yourself a little bit of grace knowing that you don't have to do everything all at one time. I love that. There's a quote that I really love and it's your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. And I think that that is, it, it just goes to what you were speaking to about how, you know, just pour into yourself and, you know, developing not just in the salon business area, but all areas. Nina, you have given so much value to my audience today, and I hugely appreciate it. You are such an amazing leader in our industry, and it's always such a joy to have you on the show. So how can my listeners soak up more of your knowledge and connect with you further? You're so sweet. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I love everything that you're doing to help the industry. And I just appreciate you having me on a second time. So people can find me on my website at ninatulio.com. And I live on Instagram. If you don't know by now, you know, I know you live on Instagram too, Jody. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I live on Instagram. Um, so yeah, just my name at Nina Tulio on Instagram as well. And of course, I'm very responsive. If you guys are listening and you have any questions and you feel like you are just looking for something maybe a little bit more in depth, please feel free to slide right on into my DMs and I will um, respond to you usually within you know 24 hours or so. Amazing. And I will link to Nina's website and Instagram in the show notes so you can find her super easily. Thank you again, Nina. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairstylist Rising podcast, and we will see you back here same time, same place next week.